0: This morning, I, I, I want to start by, by saying thank you. Thank you. Thank, I thank you, uh, the congregation, for letting me uh, be away for as long as I was and allowing uh, my wife and I to, uh, to be refreshed, recharged. It was a, a wonderful experience uh, and a wonderful uh, thing. I want to say thank you to uh, the elders. For, for leading while I was gone. Uh, nobody called me with a problem. That was good. That was good. So thank you for not being problems. Uh, I want to say thank you to the worship team for continuing to lead us in times of worship while we're gone. And I want to say especially thank you to Jen for leading and organizing and doing all the stuff that I normally do. So thank you very much. Um, thanks to Wes for the screens and that. I feel like he was here almost as much as I was this week. Um, He'd be showing up here at church several times just to finish everything up so it'd be ready uh, for for today. Uh, The sabbatical was wonderful. It, it, It was, as each day passed of the sabbatical, it became more and more evident to me that I really needed it if it wasn't evident beforehand I was able to be refreshed spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And one of the cool things was that throughout my sabbatical, my wife was also off of work. So I was able to renew my relationship with my wife, and that was uh, just wonderful to do. Um, it was great to get away from, from all the noise and the clutter and uh, to seek God. And uh, uh, I don't know, Bethany, did you want to say anything? It was is, is that all? Okay, okay. It it was great. It was just great to 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 set some things aside in life, and I I feel very blessed and privileged to have been able to do that because we don't always get those moments in life. Uh, to get away from the noise, to get away from the clutter, and it's amazing how clearer things become when you do that. It gave me an opportunity to look at my relationship with the Lord and to look at my ministry and to look at Living Truth Fellowship. Because when all, all that noise disappears, it, it becomes much clearer what's really important. And that's what I want to talk about today, what is really important. Today I want to talk about blinders. And I've titled my message, Put the Blinders Back On. And uh, there's a, a really simple outline in your... In your bulletins, if you want to follow uh, along, please. So, blinders. What, what's the purpose of blinders? Uh, they put blinders on horses because uh, it, it allows the horses not to see what's on the sides and it allows them to focus on what's ahead of them. Um, even uh, racing horses, <coughs> excuse me, wear blinders. Did you know there were blinders on those things? Some of you may have, I'm not as smart as you, Um, but yeah, there's blinders on, why? So that horse can focus forward and the horse cannot be distracted uh, by things that are going on on its side, which is a really important thing. Now, believe it or not, they do actually make blinders for humans. I am not making this up. That is a real thing. Okay, Crystal says they should be passed out at school for her students. Okay. Yes, these are made by Panasonic, and they were designed to help people who work in an office space that is a bunch of cubicles or whatever, an open office space, to be able to focus on their, on their work. So we, yeah, I, I didn't know that until this, I saw that, I thought, oh, come on, this is a joke, right? No, it's legit, I, I looked it up. It helps them to keep from getting distracted. Now there's a phrase in life that people say often, they say, you can't go through life with blinders on, right? Well, what do they mean by that? They mean that you have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to be aware of the world around you. You can't be so narrowly focused that you ignore other things that are really important. Well, that's a true statement in many ways. But today I'm going to say that it might be a good idea for us as believers in Jesus Christ to put the blinders back on. And let me explain. Let's be honest. It can be a real challenge to walk day by day with Jesus. It's hard to stay in step with him because we can get distracted so easily. I know I have ADD, okay? I know that and that I can be easily distracted by things. But even those who don't can easily be distracted by things. You know, there's a story in Luke chapter 10, and we've talked about this story before, and this is when Jesus went to visit Mary and Martha. And remember, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to what he was saying, and Martha was off in the kitchen and cooking dinner and all kinds of stuff. And I love this verse because it, what does it say? It says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, and she came in and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I don't know if I've ever been that bold to tell Jesus what to tell people, but the reason I bring up this, this verse is, is that, that we're distracted, and the word distracted in the original Greek is the word perispio, which means to be overly occupied about a certain thing. And uh, to be drawn away by that certain thing. You see, for this situation, Martha was at a moment where she should have been spending time with Jesus, and instead she was distracted by other things. A time when she should have been spending time with Jesus, and she was distracted by other things. Haven't we all been guilty of that at times? Let's be honest. We have. When she should have been spending time with Jesus, or when we should be spending time with Jesus, we get distracted by other things. And unfortunately, distractions can not only keep us from spending time with the Lord, they can also keep us from doing the Lord's work. Now, what things, right? It's a simple question, right? What things distract us? Well, that's a very long list, isn't it? Of things that can distract us. There are many things in our lives that can be distracting. Television, television. Netflix, movies, music, smartphones, social media, books, friends, sports, hobbies, politics, social issues, and many, many more. You see, friends, there are many things in this world that fight for our attention. And when we allow them to take too much of our time and our attention, we can lose our focus. I'll explain more. We can lose sight of who we are in Jesus, and we can lose sight of why we are here. Who are we in Christ? We are forgiven. We are justified in Jesus Christ. We have a value that is unbelievable. Our value is that is matched to that of the life of Christ himself. He sacrificed himself for us. You couldn't put a higher value on us. And we are here Not just to go, ah, that's great. But to honor Him and to glorify Him. And one of the greatest ways that we glorify Him is by sharing His message of love, His gospel, His message of salvation. So I'm going to ask you if you will take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And I want to start about talking about this one thing. If you've ever seen the movie City Slickers, okay, now I'm dating myself, right? There's a conversation between Billy Crystal and Jack Palance, and Jack Palance tells Billy Crystal that he knows the secret to life. And Billy Crystal says, well, what is that? And Jack Palance says this. And he says, your finger? No, not my finger. One thing. The secret to life is one thing. And that's all he says to him. Billy Crystal's like, Well, one thing? Well, what's the one thing? Well, the secret to life is to be able to focus and ground yourself on one thing. Jack Palance didn't, didn't know it, but he was this close to saying, the right thing we're going to talk about this one thing here in philippians chapter 3 it says this and this is paul speaking he says but i keep working i keep working toward that day when i will finally be all that christ jesus saved me for and wants me to be no dear brothers and sisters i am still not at all i not all i should be but i am focusing all my energies on this one thing Do I know what it is? Okay. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Paul says that he focuses his energy on one thing. Now, what is that one thing? Look at verse 14 again. Look at how it says it in the New American Standards. He says this. He says, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That goal means, is simply translated, the finish line. The Olympics have started, and soon we're going to see all the track and field stuff when they're running the races and that. The finish line is where they want to get to. And that prize that Paul mentions is translated as, uh, in the original text, is a trophy, a trophy of victory. That one thing where the finish line is, that one thing that we receive that trophy of victory for is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our salvation in Jesus Christ and our re- responsibility to share His good news with others. That's the calling. Our calling as believers in Jesus Christ. So how do we keep ourselves from being distracted from that calling, right? We need to put the blinders on, right? What does Paul say? He says this, I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race. I have this vision uh, when Paul is saying this description of runners when they're running a race, and it's really, really cool to watch runners when they run, uh, like when they're running a 100-meter dash, and these girls are all running. You notice where their eyes are? Straight ahead. They're focused on the finish line. They're not looking at each other. I mean, Usain Bolt used to do that, but that's a different story. But they're not looking at each other. They're looking forward. I always loved this this angle when you watch a bunch of hurdlers race. Because when hurdlers run, their eyes never leave the finish line. Their bodies change and shift and go up and down, but their eyes are always focused on the finish line. Paul says in this passage, we cannot dwell on the past. What does he mean by that? And this is a trap we can fall into as believers. We cannot keep looking back. We can't long for the way things used to be. We can't spend all our time saying, boy, if the church was only the way it was 40 years ago. Well, that's not how we should think. If the church was the way it was 40 years ago, you know what? We would be irrelevant. That's the truth. I'm not talking about the message, I'm talking about the method. Look at the current status that we're at now as a a planet. COVID-19 has changed some things, hasn't it? Things are still not back to normal, are they? I mean, there are many times where we say, okay, things are pretty normal. While I was on my sabbatical, we took a short trip to Ohio. When we got in the airport, we were reminded that things weren't normal. Because as soon as we got in that airport, we had to have a mask on. And we had to have a mask on while we were on the plane. And it was a reminder that things aren't quite normal yet. Many people are waiting for things to get back to normal, right? The way things were before COVID. But will they? Will they be normal? It'll be different It'll be a new normal, as people will say. But see, sometimes we do the same thing as a church. Sometimes we do the same thing as we want to, oh, remember when we did that one thing? Let's do that again. And we find out, well, it's not the same, is it? Well, why? Because we live in a world that is in constant change and in constant flux. Paul says, don't look back. Paul says we must keep our eyes forward and focus on the goal. We can't forget why we are here. We are Christ's ambassadors, friends. We are his representatives. We carry his message of truth and love to the world. Because of, and this is important to remember because if we don't carry that message, who's going to? The answer is Nobody. we don't share the message of the gospel, who will? Another thing that will help us to to get away from distractions is this. We need to lose the excess, okay? In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of of faith. In other words, I'll stop right there. What is he saying? Since we are surrounded by people who are looking at us because we call ourselves Christians to see what it means to be a Christian, and if we are a representation of Christ, they're looking at us to see what Christ is like. What does it look like to have an impact of Christ on your life? What does it look like for Christ to be the center of who you are? Since we are surrounded by people who are looking at us because of that, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. There's that, that image again of running, the race for Christ. The writer of Hebrews says we need to get rid of that excess baggage, right? Because it slows us down. A runner who's running a marathon would never run a marathon with a backpack on with twenty pounds of weights on it, would they? That'd be just stupid. Right? How come when you watch the Olympics and people are running in races, how come they're not wearing heavy sweatsuits and hoodies? Those things slow you down. Have you ever picked up a pair of good track shoes? They weigh nothing. They literally weigh practically nothing. Because a runner doesn't want anything to slow them down, right? They would never carry extra weight. So what's this extra weight that we're told to get rid of here? Well, some of it is sin, right? It said that, right? The sin that so easily hinders our progress. We all sin, right? Friends, we need to bring our sin to the Lord and receive His forgiveness, repent, and move on. I go back to what Paul says, ignoring the things in the past, looking forward. If we come to the Lord and repent of our sins, it's done. It's done. See, we have this terrible problem as humans that we we get filled with guilt. Uh, You know, Paul says, forget the past. Look at what lies ahead. We wallow in guilt or we wallow in shame and we refuse to forgive ourselves because sometimes we fall into this false idea that, well, if I feel really, really bad about it all the time, I'll never do it again. No. Who are we To not forgive ourselves for something God has already forgiven us for. That's a whole message for another time. But friends, sin isn't the only thing that weighs us down. Look at the passage again. He says, therefore, since we're surrounded, he says, every weight that slows us down, especially sin. So there's other things too. Every weight that slows us down. There's other things which weigh us down, friends. Things that occupy our time and our energy and keep us from our calling to share the good news of the gospel. I I, I mentioned some of those things before that weigh us down. TV, movies, phones, social media, etc. Those are the easy ones. But there are other things that weigh us down, friends. And please listen, because it's toe-stepping time. There are other things that wear us down as Christians. Especially in our world today. This is one of the things that God was making very clear to me during the sabbatical. Things that that bog us down as believers. Political issues, social issues, racial issues, environmental issues, vaccination issues, mask issues, immigration issues, homosexual issues, gender issues, even abortion issues. Now, I say these things weigh us down, but don't get me wrong, friends. These are important issues, okay? They are important issues. And these are issues that we as Christians can be very passionate about, and we should be as believers in Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, shake your head. Make me feel better. Yeah. But friends, listen to me very carefully. If our passion for any of these issues cannot be greater than our passion for knowing Jesus Christ and sharing his message of salvation with others. Let me say that again. Our passion for any of these issues cannot be greater than our passion for knowing Jesus Christ and sharing his message of salvation with others. On social media, we're so easy to share something or say something that has to do with one of these issues. And I, I dare to say it, a lot of times we're more... Easily willing to share those things and share things about Jesus. We must be able to have and maintain a perspective of how all these issues work with our calling from the Lord. In other words, we must realize that all these things are symptoms to the real problem. There are problems in this world, and we face the world right now, and I say to my wife, and I go, the world has lost its mind. One of the things I did on my sabbatical is I did not watch the news at all. That felt so good. Try it. Well, I turned the news back on, and you know what? Much to my chagrin, nothing had changed. Nothing had changed. But all the things that we see and all these issues that can raise our passions, all these things are symptoms to the real problem. And it's that people need Jesus. Simple as that. When you go to a doctor, a doctor may treat your symptoms, but the doctor wants to know the root of your symptoms. And it's the same thing with us. You see, I think that Satan gets into this game and causes us to spend all our energies dealing with the symptoms of a lost world instead of dealing with a lost world. Do you hear me? There's so many issues our world is facing right now and people have differing opinions on. Many say, well, the answer is just not a simple one. Oh, it's not just black and white. And I'm not talking about race. But I'm going to say the answer is a simple one because the answer is Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. That's the answer. Now, we can deal with and work with these other things and we can work with these other issues. But we can't lose focus of what the real issue is. The real issue is Jesus If I'm helping a friend who's going through a hard time, yes, I'm going to work with them and deal with the the things that they're facing right now. But underneath, I have to remember that the real issue is that they need Jesus Christ. I think I shared this story with you once before that uh, years ago I was in another church in this young man who had been coming to our church for a while uh, um, had to have surgery so I went to visit him in the hospital and he was just pouring his heart out to me how his life was messed up and his wife has, is leaving him and he doesn't get to see his kids and it's this and that and I just don't know what to do I don't know what the answer is and I looked at him and I said the answer is Jesus and he just started weeping and we sat and I talked with him and I prayed with him and he, He received Christ, and his life turned around amazingly. Were his problems still there? Yeah, they were at that time. But he knew how to face his problems, and he knew he wasn't alone, which is what he felt. The answer is Jesus, friends. I believe that as followers of Christ, we need to pause and we need to take a hard look at ourselves because this is a dangerous trap. We can be so busy doing the work that we believe is for the kingdom that we are filled with nothing but busyness. And the message of the kingdom is not promoted and it's not advanced and it gets lost in the shuffle. Friends, we may need to make sure that our priorities are in order so that we are not distracted even from good things because I'm, what I'm talking about today is I'm talking about being distracted by things that are good things, things that do deserve our time. But where are they on your priority list? I think too often we get so distracted by those things that we forget to keep our eyes on Jesus. The next verse in Hebrews says this. It says, How do we do this? We keep we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards. Now he is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne and help in, in heaven. Ultimately, Jesus wants us to know that we are to live for one thing, His calling on our lives, to know Him and to make Him known. Plain and simple. And here's the cool thing, friends, that as we find ourselves doing that seeking him with all that we are our eyes and our hearts focused on him as paul says all my energy everything that i am is focused on jesus that when that happens we find our passion fueled for other things as well and we will find that we will be able to be, bleh, we will be able to play a role in these other things with the right perspective with the right mindset and with the right goal in mind we cannot Get them out of order, friends. As we, keep our first, as we keep our first priority always to strive to know Jesus and we faithfully share his message of salvation, love, and peace, everything we do will advance his kingdom. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word and your truth and teach us what it means to be focused on you and help us, help me, not to be distracted by other things so that I can honor you and glorify you and be used by you to share your good news and to advance your kingdom. So as we leave this place today, we do so in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, empowered by your Holy Spirit, carrying your good news, Lord. Lord, put the blinders on us when they need to be on us. Help our eyes and hearts, and I just pray that I would be like Paul, that all my energies would be focused on you. I pray that for all of us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day.